Hi. Good morning. So welcome to Osborne Neighborhood Church. Uh, it's great to have everybody here today. See some new faces, see some old familiar faces, uh, see lots of faces. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I feel a little jittery this morning for some reason, but, you know, that's all right. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for, for this morning and uh, pray that you would have your way. Pray that I would be attentive to your spirit. I pray that uh, the things that you have planned for this morning would be accomplished. I pray that every single person in this building and online will receive what you intend for them this morning. God. Thank you so much. A little echo. I was thinking, uh, I'm, it's not all about me, but I'm not a traditional vessel, right? I was thinking, Lord, what can I bring this morning? I was saying, I, I prepared some stuff, and I was looking at, I'm like, Lord, I just want to be your vessel this morning, right? I just want to be a vessel for you. And, um, yeah, amen. I don't think Moses was a traditional vessel. I'm not just saying I'm, I'm like him, but I'm just saying, in general, are, we, are any of us traditional vessels? Right? I have to be the vessel that God's made me. And you have to be the vessel God's made you. If you try to be something else, you're missing something. And I think that you enter into like some kind of like form of religion, like I see this person doing this, and I want to be exactly that. Now, not to say that you don't see people doing stuff and, you know, they do it well, and you can maybe incorporate a little bit of that, and maybe God will breathe on it for you, but I want to be the best Nick Vanoy that I can be, and you should be the best, fill in the blank, you can be too. Um, and what does that mean? What does it mean to be the best, that's like the, the Army <laughs> slogan from like the 90s or something. Be the best you can be in the army. I was a Marine, so it's okay. I like, I like people that were in the army too. Um, but uh, yeah, being the best you can be. What is that all about? I don't know. This morning, I was just thinking about the message and, and just life in general, started to ponder in my face. And I look out in our back window, and I just see little birds, little sparrows. I don't know what kind of birds they were. They weren't like eagles or falcons or anything, but I just saw little birds, and they were eating food. They were, they were like, I don't know what food. Maybe they were seeds or some kind of crickets or something, but they were eating food. The Bible talks about that God gives food to the sparrow, right? It's in uh, Matthew chapter 6. He feeds the sparrow. They don't have to worry or toil. That's so awesome. Another animal, I don't, won't say she's near and dear to my heart, but she's close, is my dog. <laughs> um, I'm actually learning quite a bit about what it means to be a child of God through my dog. I have a dog, it's, she's about this big. Um, I don't even know a breed. She's part terrier. She's a mix for sure, just like me. She's part terrier. She's, I want to say part chihuahua, and there was another one, Maltese. So she's a handful. She's like three handfuls, and I only got two, you know. Um, but uh, any time I walk by, literally any time, the worst time, I'm like, maybe I'm frustrated with something. Maybe I got something to do. Literally every single time I walk by, she's just like clawing at my leg. <laughs> she, just, she just won't let go until I acknowledge her. Even I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. No, get away from me. She will not, she will not stop until I, I bless her. Um, and that's interesting. Two different animals, kind of two different parts of the spectrum, right? Um, but so many of the things I like, uh, Miss Claudine, she, she talked about this in her communion like two years ago, the paradoxes of God, right? You know, but 
the, the bird doesn't toil for that food. It just, I see some food, I'm going to get it. The bird eats. And the dog, my, my dog anyway, on the other hand, she's not going to let go until I bless her. She's like, she's like wrestling my hips. She's like, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. <laughs> so um, just, I just thought that was interesting. The bird doesn't toil. And if you read the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, uh, why don't we just go there? Matthew chapter 6. It's a good one. If you're looking for some scripture to read and you, just some good foundational stuff, book of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 8, uh, some really good stuff. So let's go there. And I love this, I love this scripture, right? There's so many things just in chapter 6. There's so much meat in chapter 6. Just chapter 1. Don't do your deeds before men to be seen. Otherwise, you have no reward in heaven. If you scroll down, it says, to no, I said scroll down like I'm in an app. <laughs> well, okay, if you got a Bible, that's great. I use, I use both. You know, I'm every, literally everybody has a phone now, so you probably are scrolling, and some are probably flipping. Or you can take your finger and scroll. All right, so if you go down to verse 4, or sorry, let's see. 3, when you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret himself will reward you openly. It goes into next, the Lord's Prayer, or the Disciple Prayer, or my Bible, King James says the Model Prayer. Basically, they ask, how should we pray? And this is what Jesus showed them how to pray. Go down a little bit more. Fasting. When you fast, don't come like the hypocrites, and this is in verse 16, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to be fasting. You see, there's this, there's this theme, things that are done to appear some way. Um, but do it in secret, because your Father, who sees in secret, rewards you openly. So it talks about giving and praying and fasting. I kind of jumped a point, but it's just so much meat in this chapter. Um, if you go down, it's basically saying stop doing things to care what people look at. Stop, don't have the fear of man. And that's, a, that's kind of a religious term, but stop caring about what other people think. There, that's Nick's version of fear of man. Stop caring about what other people think. You know, if you're going to do something good, do it, because God told you. That's how Jesus did it. He only did what the Father told him. You know, pray how Jesus prayed. Um, give and fast, you know, because God is working in you, not because of what anybody else can see. All right. So back to the birds. Now we get into um, uh, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And I'll stop there. The word I shared in worship. If you called on the Lord Jesus as your Savior... There is something good inside, and God can see it and call it out. And moreover, you should see it and call it out too. And your brothers and sisters in Christ will call it out, and, and it, it'll come to pass. As in Ephesians, it says, God works in you both to will and do for his glory, for his good pleasure. Like, the, what an amazing, that is such an amazing scripture that God works in you and I to do to do things like to preach, to, to worship, to serve, to give, to fast. Like God is working in us and through us, both to do and even to will. Like my, he shapes my desires. He's shaping your desires for his glory. That's an amazing thing. And it's almost like 
what is my what was my part? <laughs> you know, but there definitely is a part that we have. But back to the birds, they they're not worried about anything. They're hungry, they go eat. And in verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies. I had a whole bunch of flowers. We have a, a backyard that's got flowers. You know, the lilies of the field, you know, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Like he, he's got some, some pretty cool clothes for you. Like it says that, that flowers are, are clothed so much more than, than, than Solomon and all of his wealth. And he's got clothing, he's got a robe for all of us. Like a white robe. You know, like there's no, there's no spot. There's no, there's no blemish. Therefore, don't worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. I feel like if Jesus was talking to us about this right now today, he'd be like, don't worry about what you see on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> uh, don't worry, and we're on Facebook right now. <laughs> That's funny. Don't worry about all those things. Don't worry about, we hear, you can hear anything, and who knows even what degree of truth is even in all these things, right? There's so much you hear today, and you either get information or a lot of those platforms are for putting out information. So it's like there's two sides of the same thing. Like, you're, don't worry about everything you hear and stop worrying about what everybody else says about you. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or after all these things the rest of the world seeks, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. It's like if you worry about the thing, you're not going to get it. But if you worry about the one that gives things, you'll get it. And so I like the example of the, the two animals I talked about. The birds, they have, they're oblivious, I would say. They're just oblivious, Right? They're just, I'm hungry, there's some seeds or crickets or whatever, snatch them up, I'm full. All right, fly around. Oh, I'm thirsty, get some water. They're just, they're kind of oblivious, I would say, and I'm not a, maybe, maybe they do have some kind of intelligence that I don't know about. So don't quote me on that, I'm not a biologist, right? Or whatever, a zoologist. But it's seemingly, from my perspective anyway, there's not a too much higher form of intelligence, like, they bird nests, but they're not building cities and cars and stuff. They just, I need a nest because that's what I do as a bird, right? Um, but my dog, for the, on the other hand, she doesn't care how ridiculous she looks. <laughs> she doesn't care if it's the middle of the night. Like, I'll get up at like midnight, to go, and there she is. <laughs> she does not care. She does not care because she only cares in that moment what I think. She's only trying to get my attention. She only cares in a sense, what her father wants. And actually, she doesn't even care what I want. She just wants a blessing. She's like, you are my, I'm not, I'm, see, I, I don't call like my dogs children. I, I'm not that kind of person. But in, in, the, in this context, you know, she's looking to me as your, her father in a sense, and she's like, give me something, just give me something, give me a pet, give me a treat. She just wants something. And, um, those are two important uh, things to think about, right? There's, I think we need to have both. In a sense, we don't need to worry about um, all the little details of life. I mean, obviously, I have, to, I have to work a job, and I have to take care of my family. Um, and so I have to do these things every, every day, pretty much, and repeat, rinse and repeat. But I don't, I'm not worried, okay, what, am I going to lose my job tomorrow? 
what's going to happen if something terrible happens? My daughter's, you know, a missionary. Like, what if something happens and I'm over here? My mind is not filled with those things, and we don't have to be. But when you look at Facebook or when you look at, you know, the Gentiles that she's talking about here, Seemingly, that's where the world keeps taking our, our, our focus, our energy. Look at this thing. Oh, this person didn't do, do this. This person didn't do that. This person's doing this. This person's doing that. You could spend eternity having those conversations. But wouldn't it be better to have the conversation with eternity? <laughs> because there is one who is infinite, and he wants to talk to you. And even if you were extremely annoying like my dog... I think he, would, he, he doesn't think that. He would love that. You know, that, like my dog's like David. You know, David, he, he danced and twirled. He leapt and twirled before the Lord. He leapt and twirled. He didn't care. Even his wife was there. Who, he was like, what are you doing? Kings don't act like this. But he didn't care. He was like my dog in a sense. Get a little drink, one sec. <clears throat> and so, Pastor Greg, you actually touched on something. I don't know where you are. I like what you said. You said, How are you living? That's a good question. My translation of that is, what are we doing with our lives? And my kids will tell you they hate it when they hear that. <laughs> it's such a generic question, but I think it's like hitting the same vein. What, it's, you know, like, let's look at it. Let's look at stuff. What are we doing? Are we actually doing what we should be right now? Because there's so many things that can be eating at your attention. Like, I have, like, when I go to work, I'm, I don't even know how I'm getting through, but I do. I get through it. It, and I praise God that I have a job, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, I actually, it's funny, is today the 18th? This is the eighth anniversary that I got this job. And uh, I'm so thankful for this job, and it's not been without its trials. And if you don't have a job, just trust in the Lord, because he's, you know, it's, it's actually a challenge. If a man wants to eat, he must work, you know. And there's, there, of course, there's situations where you can't, your disability, whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that. You know, but men are meant to work, you know, from, the, from Adam, you know, we're meant to toil. So, you know, thanks, Adam. I'm not sure I would have done very much different, though, if I was in his spot, his shoes, right? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to say I wouldn't, but who am I? I'm just, I'm just Nick Fanoy. So what are we doing with our lives? I didn't know I was going to preach on this, but I think it's... I have to ask this question, like, it's like a thermostat, like, I'm like moving about my day, and I look on the wall, and it's like, how am I doing, <laughs> what am I doing with my life, oh, okay, you know, should I, <laughs> is there something going on that I need to put attention to, is, am I actually prioritizing things the right way, you know, when I'm at church, or when we're in a service, you know, like, God, what are you saying right now, you know, being attentive, like, what am I doing right now, because in a sense, I want to be like my dog, and so it's, that's kind of crazy that she's, she's teaching me. Even my children are teaching me, which is good, because he says, out of the mouth of babes, he's ordained praise. There's a couple of times where I would, my, my daughter Amelia, she, she gets up at some weird time sometimes. And so she, she's kind of like the dog in a sense. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go spend time with the Lord and she would come sit on my lap, and I'm doing it. And then it happened, like, many times. And I actually talked to, talked to somebody, a brother, Pastor Greg. Um, and at the same, I actually had this realization, too, but he just confirmed it. You know, like, no, this is actually God teaching me just being more of, of having a, a childlike heart for him. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was an experience with the Lord, with, with my daughter, um, but it, it, it challenged my perception. And so if I'm asking God, what do you want? 
Like, we got to ask him that. I think if I ask any one of you who's known the Lord, like, how to be a good Christian, right? You would give me a, a piece of paper, like 10, 20 things. I don't know, maybe more, maybe less. Some might say, just do this, and you're good. Some might say, you got to do all that, and you're good. And they probably are good things to do. But if we're going based on just like a list of things to do, we've already entered into just religion. You know, like the second we invite Jesus into our life, we embark on a relationship with him. And it's not just one where we know we have a thing on the shelf this Holy Bible and we read it every now and then or a person we talk to every now and then he's, he's the ever present one he's, he doesn't go anywhere we're the ones that go somewhere and we're right here it's strange And what are we here for? To do the will of the Father, to do what he says. So if we're just going on a list and not factoring that in, then we're missing something. Anybody ever shot an arrow? Yeah. If you've gone to Hume Lake with us, you have. <laughs> archery, is, archery is really fun. To shoot an arrow, you need several things, right? You need a bow. Well, we need an archer, right? But, so, but you're the archer. You need a bow. A bow is, you know, it's comprised of certain things, like you, you can get a cheap bow probably, you can get like a really expensive bow like the Olympians are using, uh, it's really composite bows, right? Even every, all the materials that matter, the, the string on the bow, now that's just the bow and then the arrow, like you can't just shoot a stick, you know, there's the, the, the point, there's like the feathers that, that will guide it and keep it straight. You know, whatever the, the stick is, and I'm not an archer, so I don't know all the technical terms. But when you think about it, there's so much that goes in to just, just, the, bow, just the bow and, and the arrow. And what are a bow, an archer, a bow, and an arrow without a target? Right? There's a target. And that, that target has to be placed by someone. The target is placed. And not to mention, just the concept of archery was thought out by somebody, right? So, well, hopefully you don't get in an accident. Um, You're not here by happenstance, and I'm not here by happenstance, right? There, there's a target. There's reasons we're here. And if we don't say, what are we doing, or whatever language you use it, <laughs> use to, to ask yourself, what am I doing, we're going to miss, you're going to miss that target. I mean, it, it would be more like hitting the lottery, right? If you have something you're supposed to do, you have a much better chance of actually picking up something, aiming at it, and releasing it at, in the direction of the target than just happenstance, right? Like, I've read some bu- books on apologetics. For, for the earth just to have come out of nothing... Like just exists, just the universe to just come out of nothing is like scientifically impossible. It's like ten to the negative, like you know, 
hundreds of zeros. Like it's literally impossible. And for things to, to happen, uh, like in a cell, for example, like you can't just be like, okay, here's a cell. There's like 25 things inside that cell that had to have happened all at the exact same time. So like, it's like hitting the lottery of lotteries, you know, almost to hit a target that you're not aiming at or even aware of or, or even trying to hit, right? So how about Jesus? Did he, did he have targets that he hit, right? He walked around. He saw people. He had compassion. Boom, you're healed. Boom, you're saved. Boom, you're delivered. He had, there was targets. He shot and fired and hit every time. And there's targets in our life. If we're not aware of, we're not going to hit them. <laughs> we're going to be, we might even be like right in front of the target. Like here's the target. I might be dancing around the target. Just and not even aiming at it, not even hitting it. I'm like, so close. Jesus is like, you're right there. You're so close. But if we're not aware of the target, we're not going to shoot at it. And even, even us as people, right? If let me back, even, even the world, like God said, let there be light. There was a target. When he said that, there was a target. Let there be light. Um, but even people, it says that people, uh, children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So if we're arrows being shot out, it would be good if we're aware of the target. So I want to ask you, are you aware of your targets? <clears throat> Sometimes we aim at the wrong targets, too. Look at King David. He saw a target on his rooftop when he was supposed to be doing something else. And he hit it. You see that with intent? You can hit your target. <laughs> you might want to make sure you're aiming at the right target, though. With, with oblivious, with, if you're not aware, uh, you're not gonna, you probably won't hit your target. But if you're intent, you can hit your target. And when there's people working together, how even much more? Right? But David, he was a man after God's own heart. Yet he still he struggled. He 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 had some pretty bad stuff he had to overcome. He basically stole his like one of his trusted commanders' wives and murdered him. Yet, this is the man that's called a man after God's own heart. And so, if there's hope for him, there's hope for me, and there's hope for all of us. Right? Um, because he got something. He, he knew, he realized he messed up real bad. But he got something. He, he got that he needed to cling to the heart of God. He needed to go after the heart of God. He royally screwed up and the only way he's going to like live his life is by clinging to the heart of God. And he's referred to as a man after God's own heart. That, that's what I want to be, a man after God's own heart. And what's interesting is that I can be that, that we can be that. Not that we can, we ought to be that, right? We ought to be men and women, children after God's own heart. We better lay down our ways of thinking, our, our ways of doing things, uh, me. I better lay me down 
Otherwise, I can't, I'm not a man after God's own heart. Jesus said, if anybody wants to be my disciple, he must take up his cross daily. Like, you must, you must die. You must die daily and follow him. And I wish that was just an easy thing. You just say, okay, I'm dead. And where are we going, Jesus? I wish it was that easy. It's not. But it's a constant choice that we have all day long to say, you or me. <laughs> and it, it's, that's such a crazy thing. Like, he didn't make a bunch of robots. I mean, he could have had a whole bunch of people loving him if he just said, okay, you're going to love me and that's it. But is that technically possible? Unless there's a, a cho choice not to love, it's not love, right? So by me, by us pursuing God, we're choosing him. And I want to know what he's saying. I want to know what he wants, right? And we go to the Bible and we see a lot of that. We see, you know, just the scriptures we read, you know, stop doing things for people to see, but do things... Um, just for just for me, he says. Just do things just for me. Just for me. And when you're doing that, that's you're you're walking in something. I call it like I, well, I don't know if I just call it, but you know, you start to walk in the fear of the Lord. I'm not going to do something you don't want me to do. And I, I feel it. I sense it. I know it when I'm doing something that you don't want me to do, God. I don't know if everybody feels like that with God, but maybe they, maybe they hear an audible voice, you know, like, you know, you know when you're not, when you're just out of line. But he wants us to be a people after his own heart. I want to go to uh, Psalm 24. And I think this is strategically placed after Psalm 23. Well, it's definitely sequentially placed, but... I think it's strategically placed after Psalm 23. It talks about how he leads us, how he's the great shepherd. And this is a Psalm of David. Isn't it so fascinating that a murderer, a rapist, a conspirator penned all of these Psalms with a heart after God? And he didn't sugarcoat things. There was times he struggled, but he still like brought, he even brought that, like, God, I don't know what's going on. It hurts, but I'm still going to worship you. You're still good, and you're, you're going to win. Like, he, he knew how to translate any scenario, any situation that he was going in back to praise. And so let's read Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. So, Every, everybody in here is the Lord's, right? We're all good? Okay. The world and those who dwell. 
I guess I jumped the gun. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Like when he founded something, he basically shot arrows. And they, the things that he created, they all have a purpose. Every single person in here has a purpose. The, every, everything, everything that exists has a purpose. And then verse 3. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Uh, my, my mind is drawn to Moses, right? He went into the very presence of God. He was there for 40 days without food or water in the very presence of God. Who may go there? Who may stand in his holy place? And that's a simple answer. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. I love that song. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us then that we would not lift up our soul to an idol or or sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessings. He, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, <laughs> the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. This is Jacob. My dog is like Jacob. I, <laughs> Every time I think about Jacob, I'm, I immediately go here. Jacob, he wrestled with God, and he would not let go until he got his blessing. Like my dog, she will not let go until she gets her, her little blessing or her food, right? This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. And it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. That's another great song. Who is this King of glory? Like, check in with the Lord. Like, seek him, find him, go after him. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty. We get to seek and, and be in the same context, the same presence as the king of kings and lord of lords. The Lord strong and mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. <clears throat> All right. I want to try and find a scripture if I could do it really quick. I didn't have it planned. I want to say it's John chapter 4. Yes. <clears throat> Man, I might, excuse me. So I want you to have have a, a pulse check. Have that check that thermostat. God, what am I doing? I won't say it like I normally say it to my family. So, dude, but like I, I feel like God is like, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. Like. We do things oblivious to the presence of God, yet he's the omnipresent one. And he says, seek me while I may be found. He wants to be found by us. And so I ask you, what are the targets out there? And, and whether that's, I don't know everybody in here, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't asked Jesus into your life.
Jesus changes everything. We sing that today. No matter what situation you're in, Jesus changes everything. He can break every chain of addiction. He can break every chain of depression, of bondage. Jesus changes everything. And I'll tell you that he died for your sins. Everything you ever did wrong, everything you may be doing wrong right now or today, or everything that you will ever do wrong, he paid the price. He didn't consider his, his, I don't even know the right way, he didn't consider his equality with God something to hold on to. So he came down here and died a death. He died my death. He died your death. So he, he basically paid the price for, for, for me missing the target. And there have been many targets I've missed. There have been many targets I've been oblivious of. There have been many targets. I, maybe I was looking at another target. You know, or maybe I just didn't shoot. But the word is sin. Missing the target is sin. To he that knows what he ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin. Obviously, if you don't do what you know you're supposed to do, that's a sin too. Right? And it, we want to think of it like, okay, I did, did I steal? Did I fill in the blanks? Did, there's a lot, did I lie? Did I, did I lie today? Did I steal today? Did I uh, hurt somebody today? You know, did I dishonor my parents today? Like, it's not, yes, of course, those things, right? But the Bible says, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, one, you know, in one chapter before we were reading when we started, if you even look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you committed adultery. If you even look on your brother or sister with hate, you committed murder. So I think that pretty much catches everybody. And one sin is worthy of death. And we can't come, you can't come into, like, in the Old Testament, when the priests would go in, they had to be completely clean. They had a process that they would go through to, to bring atonement. They would sacrifice if they didn't do that, they're dead. Right? We cannot, let's say Comet hits Osborne, our leader right now, and we're all dead. We cannot enter with sin. Right? And so, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, that sin's covered. Whether it's yesterday, today, and if the Comet came right now, then today. But Jesus' blood covers us. Jesus covers us. And so if you, if you believe in what he did, then you receive that covering. Now, it's not to say, I say a bad word and then I die. I'm, I'm, I'm written off, no. no. His blood covers, right? But I, what if I was uh, doing something I shouldn't? Like, what if I was embezzling money at work? And I'm like, oh, Jesus' blood going to cover me? That's a no-no. That's, that's a presumptuous, like, you cannot... Sin willfully, intentionally, thinking that Jesus' blood is going to cover that. And so, I just ask you to look at the targets that God has placed. It's like we're at a big, you know, right, a big shooting range. Like there's targets everywhere. And I want to read to you from John chapter 4. Starting in one. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. That's interesting. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. And not to go too much into it, but it was kind of like taboo for 
uh, a Jew and a Sumerian to um, associate with each other, let alone a woman and a man. So he said, give me a drink. For his disciples went away to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting water or everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship. Nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, and we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is the Spirit, God is Spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I feel like it says in the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's probably stories like that that we could see on, on social media or in our lives, right? There's, there's people like that, right? And um, sometimes we're like that in a different way. But Jesus said, if you just come to me and take the water I have, you'll never thirst again. So I want to... <laughs> Uh, saying something actually as we about to close up and I want to position it what are you doing with your life
See, her life was ruined and wasted, and her soul was bound for hell. <laughs> but then she met the master, and he told her of her sin. <laughs> he said, child, if you will drink this water, you'll never thirst again. Ah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So as we wrap up, don't have your eyes on the world. Be like the little sparrow. Don't have your, even on, don't even look at, at you, like, what am I doing? Like, what do people think about what I'm doing? We can get so wrapped up. I think that's kind of why we get depressed. We get maybe depressed because we see what other, others, what's going on with other people, or maybe we're just unhappy with ourselves. Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes off yourself and your flesh. If you put your eyes on the master, if you put your eyes on the king of kings, if you, if you just reach out and grab, if you, if you just go after him, like you don't care who's around and say, I'm not going anywhere until I get my blessing. He wants you to come. He wants you to come. He wants you to come. When we seek him, it's like, he's like, oh, that's a pearl. That's, that's, oh, it's so beautiful. You know, if I, if I conveyed anything this morning, it's that to seek him, that it's not, it doesn't matter what's going on the outside. What matters is what's found in your secret place. He wants to see you give. He wants to see you fast. He wants to see you pray in secret. And he wants to reward you openly. He just wants you. Yeah. And he wants you to be aware of those targets. He's like, he's calling out, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. He that has eyes, eyes to see, let him see what the Spirit's doing. He wants us to be people after his own heart.